Hallelujah, but we uh, pray with people and other ministries coming up, but it's like I told him I was praying with a guy and he was just over and I said, if there's any religion in you, I'll find it. I'll find it. That's, that's one thing I'm noted for. If there's any religion in you, I'll find it. Because I don't like religion. I like relationships. So I'll push on you until I find it in you because uh, we have a lot of people in a lot of different settings. They love God with all their heart. But religion has taught them how to be a Christian and not a relationship. And uh, I said, I don't, I don't mind pushing on you. Because uh, I said, a lot of people want to be on their Christmas card list. And I said, I don't really care. <laughs> I said, I hate to say it that way, but you know what? I'd rather you be the soldier God's called you to be. And you walk into heaven and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Then you look me up sometime up there and look at me and say, why didn't you tell me? All the time I was around you, why didn't you tell me? Why did you let me go this way? And so as brothers and sisters in Christ, not only to the lost out there, I believe we have an obligation to family to make each other stronger. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's what I tell Pastor Roger all the time. There's things he's strong in, I'm weak in. And there's things I'm strong in, he's weak in. But together we balance each other out. See, when you're family, that's how you do. You walk and help each other out. You know, you prefer each one, you know. And so if we start out here, John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Now when we look at this passage, we see the purpose and the object of His love. And I want you to understand that we read these little words and we say them. And John 3, 16, I can remember when my uncle used to take me to, uh, uh, I think it was Royal Rangers. Back in 69 or 68 or somewhere around in there. Uh, somewhere right in there, I think it was. Uh, you remember that in the bread store up there? You remember that in the old bread store up there? Yeah. And uh, it's amazing how you remember stuff like that, isn't it? When they do stuff. They had a 55-gallon drum barrel tied to a, to a rope and had straw on the floor, and they'd put you on there and pull that like a horse. But... That's how I learned this scripture. Isn't that funny? How they will take things like that with a child and put stuff in there. And, but I learned that scripture then for, for John 3.16, for God so loved the world. And, and it's and it stuck with me all this time. But see, when we look at John 3.16, this passage, both it says, it's really about me and you. God purposed to create us so that we, we and he could pour out his love on us and through us. Can you say amen? We, I want to I just tell you something that you probably already know. We have made the Christian walk too hard. It's real simple. It's real simple. I love the Christians, no I don't, that walk around real serious looking. They never want to joke. They always want to be silence in the church. Silence in you know, laughter is a good medicine, ladies and gentlemen. And I want to tell you, I don't know how y'all grew up, but I'll tell you what kept me from wanting to come in, because the ones I looked at was worse shaped than what I was dealing with. Huh? Can we just be real? Can we just be real a little bit? You know, it's like the guy that goes to work and reads his Bible at lunchtime at a table by himself, but he's got four of his co-workers over sitting, but he don't want to sit with them because they say stuff he don't want to hear. Well, how are they ever going to see your light and let you go over there? Jesus walked in and changed the atmosphere. He didn't let the atmosphere change him. Me and Buddy was praying for a guy the other day talking to him. And his vocabulary was not of the Christian faith. Can I say that? And he was pretty repetitive with it, wasn't he? Kind of got on Buddy. Buddy said what do you think about that? And we got people coming in, we're praying for him. And this guy here, he's, he's not bashful. But I was one of them guys too. I said, well, at least he's true to his callers. You know where he's at. But I said, let me tell you something, buddy. I said, a duck quacks because he's a duck. And a dog barks because he's a dog. And he does what he does because that's all he knows. Now what we got to do is just love him. Every time we'll get better. 
But see, we have become so separated. Well, I'm not going to go over and run with them because they're, they're not in my group that, that I run with. And I was telling Buddy this morning, there's two brothers up there that I've got to know over the years that as rough as rough can get. They're rough, aren't they? They're rough. I mean, they're, they're like, I think the mafia would be scared of them rough. That's how rough they are. And the one of them come up to me the other day, and I've just loved on this guy and just poured into him. Now, he's still working progress, but he come up and he said, Pastor, he's, he come up and he said, Pastor, I'll do anything you tell me to do, because he said, I love and respect you that much. That was an honor to me, because all I've done to that man was show him Jesus. I let the love of God come through me and out of me. Now, I've corrected him. And he'll tell you, I've corrected him many times, but I've did it with love. And so Jesus said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. See, Genesis 1.27 says that God created man in his own image. Now, that's not a mortal image, that's a spiritual image. So what would you think the spiritual image would be if God said he created me and you in his image? What would that image look like? Would that, would that image have forgiveness in it? Would that, would that image have love in it? Would that image have the same attributes that Jesus has in him? When he said, I only do what I see my Father do, and if you see me, you have seen the who? The Father. So you think maybe out here in this world, that the only way they're going to see Jesus is if we let the spiritual image inside of us. I'm not talking about, woohoo, I'm not talking about that type of person. I'm talking about a genuine letting them see that you go through a struggle just like they go through a struggle. And it's okay to have tears come down your face. It's okay to say, Father, I don't know what to do. And it's okay to say, Dad, this kind of, this is a word, Christians don't like. This kind of shakes me a little bit, Dad. This shakes me a little bit. See, we don't like to talk that way. We like to talk, got to have faith, brother. Well, I do got faith. I do got faith. But what I'm saying is, can, can you go, see, that is the problem with the church. We have almost became anti-anything that a lot of times people sitting in the back row or sitting out there in the world says, well, how can I ever go to them? Because they don't ever deal with things like I do, so how can God ever use me? When to realize we're going through the same junk from the pulpit to the back door that the world is, but we won't be truthful about anything. I told Buddy here the other day, he said, what do you think about that? One guy said, you want to know really what I think? I said, sometimes I just want to go out and thump him. That's bad for a pastor to say that, ain't it? No, that's the truth. I just want to go out and thump him. But I said, I can't. That's my carnal man. But my spiritual man's going to stay back here until he can go out and talk to him. And I can love him and I can hug him. See, there is, there is an image that this world has to see. But what the devil has slowly done, he's just slowly did it like this, is he has come in to where we have an inward serving instead of an outward pouring. We come, for the, we come for the music to lift us up. We come for the word to build us up. We go to conferences to build us up. And because the whole time, what we're looking for is me, me, me. When he says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, I am the door, I thought you were going to talk about rest. I am talking about rest. I'm going to bring that right into you. Pastor Roger was spot on this morning because the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit has not only done this church, the Holy Spirit has done churches abroad. And he's trying to let the church know and the bride know, I'm coming. You need to be aware of the tactics that the adversaries use. See, we're real good about this, about that stuff. But we haven't been trained what happens when the devil gets behind you and pushes you. Pushes you into the things that you're doing to wear you out, to bring you down, to do things. See, we haven't been taught that. 
But if he can't stop you forwardly, he'll get behind you, put his shoulder in your back, and he'll let you do whatever you think you're called to wear you down. And when he wears you down, he's got your mental mind. And when he's got your mental mind, he controls you. Because what we talked about three weeks ago, so as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And all I got to do is just get to a place to where I'm depleted. And then I get to thinking nobody cares, nobody understands, nobody wants me. And it's all about me, me, me. But yet we're made in His image. I didn't say that. The Word says that. He says, you're made in my image. But John, uh, 1 John 4, 8 says that God is love. See, God seeks each one of us out to love us. Time and religion has reversed the image and the intention of mankind. We say little phrases like, I'm serving the Lord. We've all said that, right? I'm serving the Lord. That must be an impossible reply to God. Can you just imagine God hearing it? Well, I'm serving God. You got religion in you tonight hearing that, I'm going to find it, trust me. Trust me, I'm going to find it tonight. See, God needs nothing from me. God needs nothing from you. He's God. He's the creator. All he needs from us is an open heart and a willingness that will allow his love to overtake us. Can you say amen? See, love is what overtakes us, ladies and gentlemen. It's a willingness to let him come in and let that love overtake us. When that love overtakes us, it changes us. I was talking to Buddy the other day and we got talking about that. And he said, how do you know? And I said, well, I used to be a house cusser. And he said, what's a house cusser? I said, I start with everybody in your family. Come on down. I said, I know. I know what love does. And he said, well, I couldn't breathe without doing it. I said, that's what I'm telling you. I turned around one day and it was gone. Because I allowed the willingness of his love to come in and push that stuff out. Because what was coming out of me was hurt and anger. That's what the world had taught me. That's God saying, keep on preaching, honey. We're going to keep on preaching. Keep on going. He's telling me we're going to doing the job job. Hallelujah. See, God needs nothing from us but a willingness. God is the creator. He is the El Shaddai. In Psalms 37, 23, it says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Because of this and out of this love for him, we serve others. Can you say amen? Because of the love for him, we serve others. You need to hear that a little bit because when we become inward focused, it's about the rest and His eternal rest that is displaced in our life. Because when the love of Him is totally filling, fill me up, Jesus, fill me up, fill me up. When we're totally filled up, the love for Him in us wants us to impact others. When we impact others, His image is being seen and operating not only in the church, but in the world. Well, I can't do that on my job. Well, I can't do this on my job. I can't do this on my job. Who said so? Who said so? I'll tell you what I told the CEO one time when he told me I couldn't do something. I said, you know, I was looking for a job when I found this one. See, they don't know how to handle you when they, when, when, when they can't control you. I'll do what I'm supposed to do, how I'm supposed to do it, but if the Lord tells me to go up and lay hands on him and pray for him, I'm going to do it. See, that is the love of his filling us up. We want to serve others because there's divine appointments that says, hey, God has the answer for this, but he has an open door. He's standing at the open door. Because of this and out of this love for him, we serve others. See, I can remember back in the years, I was thinking about this the other day, back in... The early 80s when I was in college, kids would come in there, old folks now I guess, but folks would come in and they'd say, I, I want to audit this course. You ever heard that? You ever heard that in the in college, I want to audit this course or something like that? What, what they was really meaning was they, they wanted to 
look at that course. They wanted the information about that course, but they didn't want the responsibility that went with that course. They was into an informational setting. And sadly, many today walk into a relationship with Jesus in the same way. They walk into a setting wanting to be inspired, looking for what's in it for them, but never fully stepping into the experience of that relationship. They want to audit the relationship. I want to see what's in it for me and what I will like and what it will bring to me, but I don't really want the accountability of what that relationship requires. And that relationship requires His love in us and through us, changing those around us, not only just changing us. Aren't you glad somewhere, whether it was a mama or a daddy or a grandma or grandpa or a co-worker or a friend, aren't you glad that somebody overflowed on you somewhere and told you about a risen Savior? I don't think anyone of us in here was born saved. I think every one of you was born with the sin nature. We have it because that's where the body's at today. Revelation 3, 7, and 8. I think she's going to put that up on the board. There you go, dear. It said unto the angel of the church of Philadelphia, writes, These things says he that is holy, he that is true, he that has the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. Hallelujah. Go to verse 8 right there. And I know thy works. Woo, behold. I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. See, in John 14, 9, it says that if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. There's something about an open door, an opportunity that Jesus sets before us to let people know about a risen Savior. I'm going to stay on that a lot because we're in a time in this world right now, ladies and gentlemen, if more than ever, the devil is turning up the heat. I don't know about you, but you can see little bitty things that he's trying to disrupt, not only in the church, but in your workplace, in your families, little things that before really didn't mean nothing. They seem so minor, but he's trying to disrupt everything he can, and he's doing it in the world out there. I was at a business uh, Tuesday, and I told Buddy Saturday, I said, I got this guy's address, we're going we're gonna to go down and, and see him. And the man stayed on the steps and cried, Kurt went with me. And he said, all I've had to eat in this house for two weeks is a jar of peanut butter. First time I asked him, I said, how are you doing? Now, this is a guy that has never been, as far as I know, has never been to church. But I see him on and off. See, sometimes we got to let the image of the relationship build up in people, folks. And I said to him, I said, how are you doing? He said, I'm doing okay. Well, I didn't set well with my spirit. I said, how are you doing? He said, I'm making it. I, I didn't set well with my spirit. I said, I want you to tell me the truth. How are you doing? And he said, well, to be honest with you, he said, I'm, I'm hungry. Now, this is a man that's working Ladies and gentlemen, these are people out here in this world that you pass every day. That's why you need the Holy Ghost. Fill me up, Lord. Fill me up. Fill me up. Because the Holy Spirit will check valve you and said, let the image of Jesus come out right now because you're about ready to touch a soul. Amen. Because God's love. And so he said, I've been eating peanut butter for know, two or three weeks. And I said, oh, I said, well, why didn't you say something? He says, now get this. Well, there's probably somebody out there that needs it more than me. So we loaded him up, took stuff over there, and Kurt went up there, and that man said and hugged me, and tears come down his face. And he said, God bless you. He said, I've never seen nothing like this in my life. There's something about when we let the open door of his image impact a world that's crying that changes an atmosphere. But if we get so inward focused on what the devil wants us to think, is a now situation rather than something that's already been taken care of, we will miss the opportunity of open doors. Hang on. Hang on to me just a moment here. See, he that 
is true, everything is measured by truth. It says right here, right in verse 7, it says he's holy. Holy meaning this right here. Meaning that nothing in a room where anyone else can be. Isaiah 40, 25 says, who shall I be equal to? Who shall I be equal to? He said right there, he said, for I am holy. Who shall I be equal to? Nothing. He is in a category all by himself. He's in a room by himself. He should be the first one we run to. He should be the last one we leave. Somebody asked me the other day, said, Pastor, how are you doing? And I said, I'm hanging on to the hem of his garment. Because that's all I know to do. But as long as I hang on to him, I'm going to be okay. There's a world out there, church, that wants to see the image that we're made in. Can we stand to the open doors and say, Lord, use me. Here I am today for you. With everything. Well, you don't know what I'm going through. Well, no, but you don't know what I'm going through. I went in and talked to a church the other day. I was talking to one of the guys about leadership, and I said, he got talking to me about somebody, and I said, that person's not ready for leadership, to move up. And he said, why? And I said, because when things really become agitated with him, it, come, it comes out on him. And I told him a week ago, I said, you want me to tell you how you find out if he's ready? Overload him with something to do next week. Just pour it on him. And then go right back to him in the middle of that and ask for something. And see how he responds to you. And if he's going to break, it'll come right back out on him. And I said, you don't want him doing that out there. And I got the guy back and I said, look, I said, you're a terrific guy. But you need to let the love of God fill you up more. Because the anointing of where God's taking you, you'll be able to take care of whatever God's doing. Sometimes, if we're not careful, ladies and gentlemen, we'll walk into stuff that God hasn't built us up for. That'll sink in here in a minute. Sometimes we walk into areas that even doing ministry, that God has not grown us up to do for. So we've got to make sure God is opening the door for us in that time. He also says right here, if you go right, just a little verse over, he said, he that is true. Meaning everything is measured by truth. John 8, 32 says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Meaning, I know the word and have a personal experience with that word. When you have a personal experience with the word, the truth is always revealed even in the midst of a lie. Don't let this do one of these tonight, ladies and gentlemen, please. Say, Lord, help me with my understanding. Say, Lord, help me with my... Say that with me. Say, Lord, help me with my understanding. Because the something that has been lost, I know very few churches that preach it. I can take you to some across this United States. Very few preach the kingdom. They preach attributes about the kingdom, but very few preach the kingdom. And Jesus says, I have come to preach what? The kingdom. There's something about the, the foundation of the kingdom of God that if it was important enough for him to say, I've come to release it, and if we're made in God's image, then there's something about the foundation of the kingdom that we need to get inside of us. It doesn't mean that we don't have problems. It doesn't mean that things don't come at us. It doesn't mean that we're not going to be tried but there's something about the truth of the knowing that will not shake you. Listen to me, listen to me. Let that settle on you. There's something about the truth of knowing. We know this word. We read this word. We'll come to Bible study. We'll come to everything. We'll even go to conferences. Nothing wrong with that. I do it myself. But what shakes you is when we get weary and he can wear us down, the truth of that word becomes less truth in us and we start believing something that is contrary to that truth. And the devil says, if I can get them off kelter just enough, then they will start taking cues from their feelings rather than the truth. I never, never, never want to make a decision on my feelings. It'll get me in trouble every time it'll get you in trouble. 
We need to step back and go to the Word and say, Okay, God, I know you're telling me this, but show me in your Word. This is a road map that will tell you how to get through things. But we're so... you got pastors today. Yeah, I'll tell you. I told a pastor the other day, I said, You either need to start preaching the Word truth or go start selling cars. Because you're not doing no good standing behind the pulpit. Woo! You told a pastor that? Yeah, I told him that. Because I want to tell you, there's lives sitting in them seats, and there's families and generations sitting in them seats, and they need to know the truth, because the truth is something going to set them free. And you can't just fill the seats and think that you've got a church. You've got to have His presence fill you up. And the only way you can be filled up is with the truth of God. Can you say Amen. But we got to have a willingness. we got to have a willingness to do that. So here he says, I am the truth. Then he says right here, he says, I am the key of David's. And if you go into references, Isaiah, I'm not going there, but I, references Isaiah 22, 15, 15 through 22. We are in a passage here where he is talking about a good steward. He's talking about a steward that is over a master key. Over the kingdom of God and doing things right. The way it needs to be done. Sadly here and today, too many folks want to do it the way they see it. The way they like it and the way that makes them feel good spiritually. Let me say that one more time. Sadly today and even then, we want to do things that look good to us, the way we see it, the way we like it, and what makes us feel spiritual. Oh, that don't happen. It happens every time. And I'm getting ready to show you right here. There was a steward that had a master key. But here a steward named Shabnab, Shabah, some call it, was a royal steward in the region of King Hezekiah. But self-pride and self-direction and self-want got in his way. Walking the kingdom steward. You know, a steward means that you're over something. Amen? Can you say amen And that? So what does God call us in the Bible? Does he call us ambassadors for what? The kingdom of God. So that means that we are a steward over an assignment for the kingdom of God for this world to see. Would you agree with that? Amen. So God has given us a stewardship. Now if you would look at that word right there, uh, Shebna, some people call it. That word means youth, inexperienced youth. It means someone that wants to stay on milk but does not want to grow. There's a time that we can come on milk, but there's a time we have to get along and fill us up, Lord, with the revelation of your word. Amen? Now, if you go right on down through there, when you get home tonight, read that. There was another guy that came on there. His name was Eliakim. And he said, he will be my servant. Now, Eliakim's name actually means God will place, God will set. And he will be the one that commits the responsibility. Eliakim was given the keys to the kingdom. He said, you are the one I'm going to set in there, Eliakim, because your heart is in line with my stewardship, and I want you to be over the master key for this assignment. He was saying, Lord, fill me up. Here I am, fill me up. See, Jesus was declaring when he said that I am the key of David, he was declaring I have access to any door and I have authority to any door. Not people, not money, not anyone, but Jesus. Say Jesus with me. Okay, say this with me. He has all authority to every door and to every authority. Do you really believe that? Say it. No, 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 no. You're saying it because I want Say it to me one more time. Jesus has all authority over every door and every authority. His name is Jesus. Okay, then nothing should shake you if you really believe that because the truth is going to do what? Set you free. So if he's made you a steward over the kingdom of God and calls you an ambassador and tells you to go do something, then you ought to be free to go do what? Go do that thing. Because he's made you a steward over that assignment. Enter thou good and faithful 
servant. You went to Bible study. No. You was on the praise team. No. You preached. No. You went to conferences. No. You was in the media. No. It's because you was a stirred filled with me and you was obedient into everything I told you to do. Enter thou good and faithful servant. And I've told you to go ye into the world and do what? Preach the gospel. Why don't preach? You have a testimony about a loving father, don't you? I was lost and now I'm saved. I was headed to a devil's hell and now I'm going to the paradise with my daddy in the sweet by and by. We sit in pews and have trouble with lust that we won't let God have. We, we have trouble with gossip. We have trouble with unforgiveness. Woo, you're meddling now, Pastor. No, I'm not meddling. I'm telling you the truth sets you free. And if he has all authority over all doors, has authority over all authority, then there ain't a demon in hell can ride inside of you if you will fill yourself up with the King of Kings. You have to come to him and say, Lord, I have a problem with this. I didn't say tell your neighbor. I said get on, the, get on the phone and do this. I shocked a pastor the other day. It's hard to believe, but I did. He was telling me about calling somebody, and I said, I won't call them. And he said, why? And I said, I never take advice from anybody that's passed that I'm already past where they're at. Now, I'll take a word from the Lord from them, but if I'm trying to grow and do something, I never go backwards to go forward. Never do. If I was wanting to fly a jet, would I go out and find somebody trying to do a speedboat? No. I'd go find somebody that flew a jet. So if I want to know how to reach the world, maybe I need to talk to people that's in international ministries and find out the battles that they fight and the spiritual walk that they walk. And then when I'm in a, in a situation where I want to give up, they can say, hey, let me tell you something. This is what I went through. This is what I had to do. Because if the guy sitting back here has got all the wisdom, how come he's not up there? It's because he don't want to be filled up and pay the price that it takes to get there. See, when we go past people's expectation of where they can see us, then they have problems with us. But God doesn't. He said, fill me up, fill me up, fill me up. So Eliakim became, and Jesus was declaring, I have all access. It goes on to tell us, you have kept thy word and not denied my name. You have kept my word, meaning my instructions, and you have not denied my name. Just like Eliakim had authority over the physical treasures of David's house, Jesus has authority over the spiritual treasures. Can you say amen? What would you think would be spiritual treasures to Jesus? Who said that? So, souls, yes. Star. Souls. When it says treasures about Jesus, it's all about souls. He said, when you've kept my treasures, he's talking about souls. He says, you're going in and you're telling people that there's hope, that there's a risen Savior, that there is a Calvary, there's blood that flowed down. I love the cross, ladies and gentlemen. I thank God for the cross, but you know, we bring people to the cross and we leave them there. That's the place where they start out. It's called discipleship. We need to build them past that. So he said, my treasure. Jesus is declaring, I have the keys of Hades, which is hell and death. The main focus is Jesus has all authority, both in life and death. He opens the door to salvation. John 10, uh, 9, he says, I am the door. I am the door. There's no other way. There's no other way. Jesus says, I am the door. Hebrews 4, 9, Pastor Roger did this this morning. It says right here, he says, Therefore remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. Remember when he's talking about that rest? There's nine rests in there. I, I, I counted them when you was preaching for it. I was listening to you with one ear and I was counting with the other. Okay? But there, there's nine rests and there's eight inners. Or interine. Inter or interine. There's eight of them. There's nine rests. So then, 
inquiring mind wanted to know, eight rests were the same. This rest here was different. Out of all of them, you go into the Hebrews, all them eight rests means take a rest, set back, let God feel you do something. But this rest right here was totally different. My mind goes, ding, sometimes people, you just have to be in it sometimes, okay? But this right here, it's 4-9, that rest right there, it comes from a Hebraic word which means sabatamost. Well, that's a hard word, isn't it? Ain't you glad you're not named sabatamost? Huh? Ooh, well, that would be a Sabatamos Holyfield. Wouldn't that be a name? Huh? Huh? Ooh, what a name. What it's talking about is speaking of the eternal rest, the ultimate rest. And what it's saying is Jesus not only opens the door of salvation, Jesus opens the door of service for his church. Revelation 3 8 says, I know thy works, I have set before thee an open door. He said, I have set before you. Now what that sabbatha rest most means right there is when you can rest in the promise of my security and salvation, there is nothing that will move you from your rest through this walk on this assignment. Let me say that one more time because you hit it this morning. There is a rest that the body of Christ needs to get into because he has set before us in the last days, an open door. Not only an open door of security that we are going to heaven, but an open door to take the gospel to the lost at all costs because he has found us to be a good steward over the assignment. But the devil has slipped in in the midst of all of it and it's become a me thing and we don't realize it has. Well, why don't do that I can talk to nine people in a day, and I guarantee you eight out of them, they have no joy. And they're saved, and they love Jesus. Well, you know what I'm going through, boy? It's been a rough time. I just, you know, and sometimes I just want to grab them and say, do you know who you serve? Do you know who you serve? You serve the great I am. You, create, you, serve, you serve the El Shaddai, because, not because he needs anything, but because you love him so much. And you think he's all, I said, you love Jesus, oh, I love Jesus all my life. You think you're going to heaven, oh, I think I'm going to heaven. Well, listening to you, I don't know if I'd want to go to the church you go to. I'm just being real. Can I be real with you? Because I've been hearing something about in the Bible and the way you're talking, you don't know him. You're down and out and everything else. See, the right way to answer them is this right here. Hey, I'm going through some stuff right now, but you know what? I, me and the Lord's on top of it, and I'm going to come out victorious. You know why? Because the truth says I'm going to. You know why? Because my covenant promise says I'm already in there. Hallelujah. And you know what? Can I just tell you something? Either way, I win. Either way, I win. See, that's something that you need to let the devil so when he's... Now the devil's on me. Well, don't open the door and let him in, honey. Just let the devil know. Say, hey, joker, either way, I win. Because I'm covered with the blood of Jesus, and you can't come in where the blood's at. So Jesus is saying right here, I have the open door, but I'm trying to take you into a rest. A rest, a sabatamos rest, which means an eternal rest. I want you to rest in the security of the covenant that when I said, I stood up and said, it is finished, it is finished. Meaning whatever you need has already been sealed in the blood at Calvary. Can you say amen? Huh? I know some of us took a little more blood than others. I understand that. Huh? Woo! I told a guy one time I thought Jesus was going to need a transfusion on me, but he didn't. He said, why? I said, he had a lot he had to wash over. Huh? Oh, come on, y'all saints in here, come on. Come on, huh? Come on. It's like the old saying, the, the, the devil cried today, I got saved. See, I wasn't looking for religion. I was looking for the real deal. I wasn't looking for some little clique to get into. Honestly, to be honest with you, if you know me, I'm kind of a loner. I don't really run. Savannah, that's first she's been in seven years. You guys, I think Kurt, he's stepped out. Six or seven years they've been in. I can't remember, but. You really, she figured out the first six years, she said, you don't run with nobody. I said, I've always been a loner. 
That's when God took me in the ministry. I said, do you know that I just don't run with people? He said, yeah, I know that. He said, that's why I'm putting you in here. Because he said, you won't get clicked in with nobody. I just don't run with people. I just don't. Nothing wrong with it. But I'm just not, I'm just not that guy. I do, I do stuff by myself. And, and let me tell you something. I talk to myself and I answer myself, but I'm okay. I'm okay. Okay. Y'all ain't going to admit it in here. Did you ever walk in a room and say, hey, where did I lay that hammer at? Well, I think I laid it over here. Y'all don't do that, do you? Huh? Yes, you do. And then I, then I find it, I say, well, there it is. See, that's normal, folks. That's normal. So Jesus is saying, if you will come into this rest, the revelation of this complete chapter can be found and viewed in Revelations 3.10. Look at 3.10 right there in just a moment. I think I don't know if I got that. Yeah, I think I got that for you, Jason. Revelations 3.10. Maybe I didn't. If he would, put it up there just for a moment, please. I'm sorry. It said, because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation. Now, the hour of temptation, the hour of testing, some calls it, Jesus is letting his church know because you have rested in me because of the open door of salvation, because I know thy works of the relationship between you and me, I will shield you from the hour of testing. Talking about calamity that everybody says, well, you know, the adversary is coming. No, 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 no. There's things that we may experience. There's persecution we may go through. And there may be suffering, but I'm here to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Because of that verse right there, when, when the Antichrist steps in and does his full-blown men, you're going to be gone. He's going to take the church home. Now, there's things we may go through, but when it gets, really gets down, everybody says, well, it's going to be Armageddon and all this. Well, you, well, if you don't know the Lord, you can be here, I guess. But I'm going on the first load, okay? Everybody said, you pre-trip my trip. I said, just make sure you make the trip. I won't get in a fight with people like that. You pre-trip, my trip, my trip. I said, just make sure you make the trip. But please do not confuse this with Acts 14, 22 that confirms the souls of the disciples to continue in the faith that we must march through much of the tribulation and enter the kingdom of God. Yeah, there's things we're going to go through, ladies and gentlemen. But there's also things you need to realize. There's a covenant promise that he said, my bride, my church, my hand is on it and I'm going to take care of them. But it's a twofold right now. He has set before us an open door, ladies and gentlemen, right now. He set before us an open door. You want to know how you hear thou good and faithful servant? How are you doing with the keys that he's given you for the kingdom of God? Well, I come to church. That's not what I ask you. I come to prayer meeting. You know what? I know people that goes to prayer meeting that has never one time through the week witnessed anybody outside. So why do you come? Why do you come? It's quiet in here. See, we, we, we want to have things that like us. Well, you shouldn't say that. That, that offends people. And, uh, did you ever read about John the Baptist? Huh? Do you think churches would let that guy in today? I had, a, I had an evangelist in California 35 years ago walking around like that, picking me up, and he said, you got John the, he said, you got John the Baptist spirit in you. And I said, I do, and he said, yeah. He said, you'll just say it. He said, you don't really, it didn't really phase you. I said, yeah, pretty well right. And he said, the thing is, you get older, it's going to get bolder. It's going to get stronger. But he said, don't worry about that. He said, God is going to use you for the last days. Because he said, if a hundred stand around here, they all walk away. He said, you just go, okay. I said, yeah, that's pretty well how I do. And he said, that's just how you are. And I'm okay with that. But I do not want to stand before the great creator, the great I am, and I don't want to have him say, why didn't you tell him what I told you to say? Well, I was afraid of them, Father. I just told you I have all authority over every door. I have all authority over all authority. I am the authority. I am the great I am. I am the way. I am the life. I am the door. And I have set doors before you. I'm a door. You're a door. Here's a door. Fill me up, Lord. Fill me up. But I'm scared and I'm worried. You know what I can tell you with that? Dina just sang it. Fill me up, Lord. Fill me up. Can you sing a song? 
You got that song that you sang? I want to have her sing it. I want you to stand just a minute. Jay, if you want to get on the drums, I'll let you. He's got his Pentecostal sticks, so I know they'll stay lit. So. Uh, I want you to just stand with me just for a moment, okay? You watching, just stand at your house if you want to. I don't care. See, I had to tell the Lord. Well, I should, let me say it this way. I had to ask the Lord for forgiveness. I said, Lord, there's times that I know you've told me to do stuff. And I've let what I was doing in the natural seem overwhelming to me. And it validated why I didn't do it. Now, I went and done it, but I went and done it on my time. How do you know when God gives you word, it's an hour word? Huh? It's a now word. It's a now word. Well, I'd like to see these chairs filled. Well, so would I. But I'm not going to compromise the word to fill them. He said if I lift him up, he said he would draw all men nigh unto him. And the only way that I know to lift him up is when I take the opportunity of an open door that he puts before me it may be to go up and tell somebody, you know what, I'm praying for you today. It may be something to go up and tell somebody, you know what, I don't know what you're going through, but God put, me on, put you on my heart. I called a minister up the other day. I'm not going to say his name because you would know him very well. He's very well known in the world. But I've been friends with him. As he, he like, when he introduces me to people that he's around, he said, and this is just him, he said, he knew me when I was a little shot, when everybody thought I was a big shot. But I've always treated him the same. A lot of people going on, he just, he just who he is around me. But I called him up and I said, I don't know what you're going through. But I'm praying for you. I've been up for three nights praying for you. And he said, my ministry is severely under attack. He said, keep praying. I didn't hear heaven saying, I didn't see lights go up, but you know what? I don't know what that man prayed before he answered the telephone. He may have said, Father, if you don't send me a word, I'm ready to give up. I don't know. See, sometimes the obedience to our open door means everything to the person standing in that doorway. But if we become so inward focused, we won't see the door because the devil wants us to magnify something that's already been taken care of. If you need hope, He's the hope. If you need peace, He's the peace. If you need the way, He's the way maker. If you need healed, He's the healer. If you need provision, He's the provider. But tonight we have to be honest with Him. Because when we start being honest with ourselves, then that's when change comes. No, I don't give you the mic. No, I don't want you to blast it out. But you have to say, Lord, I have not been letting you fill me up. I've let anger fill me up. I've let resentment fill me up. I've let, ooh, yeah, I'm going to say it. I've let pornography fill me up. I've tried, Pastor, I've tried. I've tried. You're talking to him, you're looking at a man that would drink Miller Highlight chewing a cigar and sing Amazing Grace all at the same time. Got to be truthful with you? Got to just be truthful with you? Huh? Yeah. Well, you just need people to pray for you. Well, that's the reason I quit going to a lot of them churches when I was way back then. Because I, I, I seen them out on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday and I seen the little clicks and how they walked. And I didn't want to be a part of that. I'm just, I'm just being truthful with you. So I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I don't want to do this no more because I felt God trying to grow me. And he said, when you want me more than you want it, it will leave your life. But you have to let me fill you up. You have to chase after me. Is it going to be times of tempting? Yes. Is it going to be times of trying to lure you? Yes. But call on me. Let me fill you up when them times come. Let me be the everything in your life. 
Let me be the El Shaddai. That's why I love to find somebody that has just given up because I can sit right down beside them. And they knew I didn't read this out of a storybook and they knew that I didn't prepare a sermon and sit down. But they're hearing my heart from somebody that was lost and broken in a world trying to find that Jesus in that book. And the church couldn't show me that. They could show me everything else, but they could not show me this Jesus. Thank God, thank God, I run into some praying little grandmas that I could finally see the love of Jesus through. And then the decision was after me. Am I going to let him fill me up? Bow your heads a minute. Bow your heads. We're all saved in here tonight, Pastor. This is Sunday night. I didn't ask you that. I'm not even going to have you raise your hand, but I want you to sit right there a minute before we sing. And I want you to just sit right there and say, Lord, there's parts of me i got to let you have tonight because it's starting to come against them open doors in my life. I mask it in here. I make everyone think it's okay. But really, in the reality of it, it's not. Just let him have it right now. Say, Lord, I want you to feel me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me. And if you need to come back with Him, just say, Lord, forgive me. Come and be my Lord and Savior. I've strayed away from you. I've done things I shouldn't have done, Lord. But I need you, Lord. Because let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, I don't care how strong you are and how much you run and how much water you drink. One out of one die. And there's going to be a day that this tent, this body, is no longer needed here. But the Spirit, the image of the living God inside of you is going to stand before a holy God. And He's going to say, Thou good and faithful servant, or He's going to say, Depart from me, you worker of iniquity, because I never knew you. Didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out devils? Didn't we do this? Yes. But you did not do it with a clean heart and clean hands. Time is short. You're trying to scare me. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm bringing reality to you right now. These little kissy sermons that people want to preach across the airways, that time is over, ladies and gentlemen. The coming of the Lord is now. The time for salvation is now. The time for us to say, Lord, here I am, use me, is now. We need to wake up every morning and say, Lord, put someone in my path today that I can show them the love of a risen Savior. It may just be buying their coffee. It may be leading them in the salvation prayer. It may be praying for them. It may be just waving at them and say, hey, God loves you. But nevertheless, it is an open door for an opportunity. Hallelujah. Go ahead, sis. Sing that in just a minute. Come on. Need prayer? Come up here. We'll pray with you. You provide the fire